Welcome to the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Anton, and this is Anton Knows. And we're going to talk today about the animated series that there was of Dungeons and Dragons. Do you know that there was an animated series? Yeah, way back in the 1980s, there was a Dungeons and Dragons Saturday morning cartoon series. This show pushed the envelope like a, unlike any other animated series at that time. And it was considered too violent for kids, if you can believe that. But TV was highly regulated in those days, and they didn't want kids to have edge weapons. They didn't want this. They didn't want that. So, But they managed to like skim by and do this. TXR, the guys that gave us Dungeons & Dragons, the uh, uh, game, gave us two games at that time, Advanced D&D and Regular D&D. And they also gave us that tri traditional box set that you would see if you ever went to a role-playing game or a comic book store that had uh, role-playing games. You would see that little box that had uh, a dragon and a warrior fighting on it. And it has very famous uh, art on it. TXR teamed up with Marvel Production that gave us Spider-Man and his amazing friends, Transformers, Inhumanoids, My Little Pony, and, and tons more. Here they gave us this series. So let's talk about the good guys first. The good guys are read by Hank. He's a young guy who becomes a ranger who has a bow and arrow that can shoot energy bolts. Uh, his girlfriend is named Sheila. She ha is in thief's garb, and she can turn invisible with a cloak. Her brother is Bobby. He's a barbarian who has a magic club that practically can smash through anything. After him is a cavalier named Eric, who has uh, got a magic shield. No, he doesn't have a magic sword. And they're also defended by... Uh, Diana, a young girl who's a gymnast who she becomes an acrobat and she has a javelin that she can use and do all kinds of athletic things with. And my favorite character, Presto. We never know his real name. He's this magician. He wants, you know, just to do card tricks in our world. But then in the Dungeon Dragons world, he has a magic hat that can pull out all kinds of things. But remember, when you're a wizard, you're learning how to do things, so it's never that easy. Enter the villains, and boy, do we have them. Do you remember who Peter Cullen is? He's the voice of Optimus Prime. So imagine if Optimus Prime was evil, and an evil wizard rides on a big black horse with giant bat wings, and he wants the weapons of power more than anything. He also has his enemies, too, a giant dragon with multi-heads as big as a barn named Tiamat. Tiamat is voiced by Frank Walker. That name sounds familiar to me. He's done countless cartoon characters. He's even Dr. Claw. He's Megatron on Transformers. My sister's favorite character, Soundwave. He's Rumble. He's tons of characters and including Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. And when they were auditioning people to do these uh, kind of things for background voices, their director said, don't bother auditioning anybody, just hire Frank Welker. 
They're also guided by Dungeon Master, who is sort of their teacher, but he's not evil, not good, not bad either. He's just their teacher. He's their guide and tells them in riddles and places them with a mission. Usually these stories are about the heroes find somebody in trouble, they help them break the spell, and then they go on and, and keep trying to get home. Let's talk about the episodes, and there are quite a lot of good ones here. As they say in the comic world, key episodes. Uh, we meet all kinds of creatures, including unicorns, beholders, dragons, monsters. In episode four, The Valley of the Unicorns, we meet a wizard named Kellogg who wants to gather all the unicorn horns. And he's harnessing them so he can rival Venger's power. He has a cavalcade of wolves, but he steals a little Uni's unicorn. I keep forgetting about Uni. Uni's their little pet, but he doesn't hit the check boxes that usually pets or annoying kids are on this show. They're uh, just, uh, he's, he's just, just a nice pet, also voiced by Frank Welker. Uni uh, uh, has this magic horn, but she doesn't know that she can teleport from here to there. The unicorns are uh, lines are dwindling because Kellogg keeps capturing them, imprisoning them, and stealing their teleportation horns. The heroes follow them to their fortress, get frozen, Bobby breaks out of it and finds Uni all worn out. The heroes eventually free themselves and find the unicorns. They decide that they're going to go to the Valley of the Unicorns and find Silvermane, their leader. They do so. And they uh, also run into Kellogg, who follows them and steals all the remaining unicorns. So Dungeon Master tells them, Two things. The fate of one is shared by all, and the one that stands against you can be your greatest ally. When they go back to the wizard's fortress, the uh, Presto goes to, disappears, it ends up in the castle of Venger. Before Venger can just, you know, zap him, he explains about Kellogg. Kellogg, um... Uh, is about to destroy our heroes when Venger shows up. And he says, he goes, thank you for keeping the unicorn safe for me. Now you will uh, remove the spell and you will call me master. But, of course, Kellogg says, no, I am more powerful than you and I will call you will call me master. So both of them fight and they bring the whole fortress down on top of them. The unicorns get their horns back by Presto giving the unicorn horn back to Uni. Fate of one is shared by all. And everybody teleports out, including the wolves who are turned into puppies. That's probably one of my favorite parts of this episode. The heroes escape, and uh, Kellogg in his fortress vanishes. And they, uh, she was like, well, is that the end of Avenger too? And he breaks out and he says, definitely not the end of Avenger. So everybody is happy. Uni looks like he's going to stay behind and be with her fellow unicorns. But she loves Bobby too much, so she keeps questing with them. 
in one of the other really good episodes, episode nine, the quest of the skeleton warrior. We meet one of the former celestial knights who's been turned into a skeleton warrior by Venger. He wants to uh, redeem himself, but he uh, can't remove the spell because uh, he was a traitor to his own kind, and he, he, he can't get into this fortress to get this circle of power that Venger wants because only a good person can enter it and face their fear. So he sends, uh, he goes and finds the heroes, and he tells them that uh, all that's going on. So they go and enter the fortress. He says, I will wait for the ruins of the east, and you, if you may be successful, meet me there. They go into the fortress and face their darkest fears. Hank faces a fear that he, he's going to fail everybody. Eric's afraid he'll look silly. Poor Presto uh, can't see without his glasses. Uh, Sheila's afraid of being alone. Diana's afraid of growing old. And Bobby's afraid of just being treated like a child. Everybody faces their fear because, of course, if you face it, it has no power over you. They get the circle of power, and, of course, Venger betrays them and tries to, uh, he takes it for himself. Our, uh, but Dekion realizes that there's still a little bit of the Celestial Knight inside of him. He faces down Venger. Venger uh, is repulsed, and the circle of power is destroyed. So with that, he has no more hold on Dekion. He becomes a Celestial Knight again. He has a giant warbird, and he flies off. He says he's going to try to find them a way back home. Eric jokes that we'll never see him again. And in a way, we don't. But it was a cool episode anyway. Uh, the Garden of Zinn is a really good episode. Very similar to lots of these episodes. And actually, Eric decides to stay with this. Remember I said that Frank Welker does the voice of Dr. Claw and Soundwave? Well, he uses that voice here and one of these fellows called the Phantom Stalkers, and they're pretty formidable phantoms because they uh, take the form of Dungeon Master and release our heroes, lead them toward the wrong, the wrong path. So Queen Zen wants to marry Eric because he faces his giant trial of the worm. Uh, before all this, Bobby gets bit by a dragon and gets poisoned. So they must go and find this uh, yellow dragon. So they think they have to face down a dragon and get his foot, but it's a garden there. They place him in the care with Sheila and a guy named Sir Lars, who's under a spell. They use the uh, dragon's foot to cure Bobby, and the Phantom Stalkers try to uh, stop them. Of course, our heroes stop them, and Sir Lars... Uh, Sheila's tears bring him back to his normality, and he turns back into a man. He tells them that he is the, the rightful king, and his sister was the one who was trying to take over the kingdom. But like all things, uh, the reverse of the spell, the one that cast it gets turned into that creature that he was. So Eric doesn't want to marry her after that. Uh, it's a pretty good episode, too. 
Uh, there's one where they face uh, a real uh, evil that is released from a box that where they have to hide in the underworld. That that one's a pretty good episode. But of course, let's talk about the most controversial episode of all, and we'll also talk about one of my favorite episodes. In the most controversial episode of all, it's called The Dragon's Graveyard. Now, supposedly on this box set, the proper music isn't there, so there's another set you can get. And if you're a completist, I guess if you have to have both sets, you could get both of them. But I'm just going to warn you, the other set doesn't have any of the extras that I'll talk about in a minute. Okay. In The Dragon's Graveyard, uh, again... They go and they almost make it home. They almost make it home like several times. And then this time, they're just about to reach it. The portal gets destroyed. And these ice giants almost crush them. And they are almost buried under tons of ice and snow. Venger finds out from his shadow demon, oh, he's like, I'm sorry, Master, the the weapons are not there. He said, they've escaped again. And he goes bananas, literally bananas. He just and he smashes up the glacier, and he goes after our heroes. And even Eric says, "Venger's gone nuts," and poor little Uni gets hurt. So our heroes are so angry, so frustrated. They're even uh, forced to look at Dungeon Master in a different way. And he's like, "Sure, your path will only lead to ruin." All right. So the heroes are like, how can we destroy Venger? How can we get him and, and be rid of him forever? So they said, uh, Tiamat would know. How do we find Tiamat? He says, she lives where the old dragons go to die, in the dragon's graveyard. And, and she says, no riddles. Tell us how to get there. He says, let it begin with you, Ranger. So they eventually cast a spell that allows them to go to the dragon's graveyard, and they find Tiamat. And also the dungeon master tells them that she may help you, she may not, because, you know, she's kind of independent. She says, "You, why do you come to the dragon's graveyard? He says, he says we want to find a way to defeat Venger. He says, fine, I because in the dragon's graveyard, your weapons are more powerful than he is. I will bring you to him. So she goes, she finds Venger, and she says, you have a chance to claim the weapons. Face the young ones in the, in the dragon's graveyard. So that's what they do. They have a huge fight, and their weapons are super powerful, and they face down Venger, and they imprison him, and they're going to finish him off, but Ranger decides they would be no worse than he was. So they let him go. Dungeon Master comes and he stands beside Venger and teleports him back to where he belongs and says, Rise, my son. Now, what the heck does that mean? And they go and they go, What do we do now? And he says, Well, you go back to the realm. He says, By doing this, you have taken a larger step on your way home. And another story about a demo dragon that Venger's trying to break into this keep to get Dragon's Bane. He uses, uh, the, the hero's weapons get taken by the demo dragon, and they use their trickery because 
unbeknownst to them, a dungeon master gives them Dragon's Bane. They go up against Demo Dragon and defeat her. And he didn't know how they could do that. So uh, he says, he says, the next time we meet, expect no quarter. And they say, same, uh, he goes, uh, same goes for you, Venger. He goes, likewise. Uh, so Eric's like, oh, he says, uh, he goes, do you think there's any good in Venger, they all ask? And he says, oh, yeah, and Genghis Khan was a stand-up comic. And Dungeon Master says, you're wrong, Cavalier. There was good in Venger once, a long time ago. Everyone makes mistakes. Venger was mine. So we're hinted at what is going on here. Does he have a hidden agenda? Does Dungeon Master really want him to, our heroes, to try to defeat Venger so that he can eventually see the error of his ways and become a, a good guy again? Is that what's going on here? Well, we'll talk about that in a minute, but my favorite episode is called The Last Illusionist. In The Last Illusionist, which is a really creepy episode, our heroes find themselves in a swamp. They're going to uh, find Dungeon Master. They get attacked by a giant squid, and a young girl calls out to Presto. Presto can hear her and see her because he has magic abilities, and when he touches her... She's not tangent. She's an illusion. She's sending out these cries for help because she's locked in a tower by Venger. Venger is forcing her to use her powers against a nearby village. She says, "Let me go. I, I, I my powers won't. You know, can't do it. It's just in time, your powers could even fool even me. I will not let you go. But if you continue to serve me, I will not harm your parents. So." Uh, the young ones uh, find uh, this young girl, Sheila's, um, uh, this young girl's parents, and this young girl's parents uh, take her to the village, and the father's very upset because he searched the swamp every which way and can't find this young girl. So, Venger forces her, her to use her powers to to burn the village and make the village have this disaster. People in the village freak out thinking that Presto is the source of all this. Because every time she feels pain, Presto feels pain. And she even reverses his magic to make it uh, worse. Venture disguises himself as a knight and says, Oh, uh, they're evil, so I'll take away their weapons. Judge them in the way you should. So he takes the weapons away and goes back to the fortress. Uh, the girl's family helped them break out of the jail, and they escape. They go to the fortress, but it's guarded by orcs, and there's no way they can get in without their weapons. So they decide to use stealth. They trick the orcs, get inside, but Presto has a way of feeling her, and he feels where she is. Great graphics in this uh, episode, too. Uh, he tries to free her, and he can't. Venger uh, and orcs are on their way. So she casts a spell on them and turns them into orcs temporarily. And the orc captain's like, you see humans? And they're like, no, oh, of course not. Porky, uh, we're, we're, we're just standing here guard. And then Venger shows him, what is this? Now, remember, he said the illusions could fool even him. Uh 
all heck breaks loose. We, uh, the heroes fight their way, and Vengeance like, you'll never get out of this room alive. They throw everything at him. Eric does something heroic and goes and gets their magic weapons back, gives the hat back to, to Presto. Uh, they, she says, it is time for one last illusion. She turns herself into Tiamat, and it destroys the fortress. Everybody flees the fortress, including Venger, and uh, she looks like she's gone. Presto is crying because he thinks his new girl is gone, and uh, even the father and mother think she is. But the illusions are still there, and Dungeon Master says, follow your heart, wizard. And he goes and he follows and he finds her and picks her up over the threshold and brings her back to her family. Aww, isn't that nice? Now, I talked about this backstory that Dungeon Master and uh, Avenger seem to have. Is he his father? Yes, he is. But unfortunately, TXR was, had this line of action figures, but they didn't sell really well. And they, like a lot of other shows, like Symbiotic Titan, like a lot of other shows, they they just said, well, okay, it's not selling. The show is uh, not doing that well in the ratings, so we'll just cancel it. The producers wanted to do one last show. They had one last final episode. Get this title. It's a great title, Requiem, which means endings. And they were going to produce it. But they said to them, nah, we're not interested. Forget it. So the show was canceled. But if you buy this box DVD set, not the other set, but the one with the red box, you can hear the last episode as a radio show. If you go on the web, fans made a web comic, and you hear the audio track and see the pictures if, if you prefer that where you can just sit in on your couch and, and play this DVD and imagine it. They have all the original voices and all the original uh, people in it. It's great. Will I give you the secrets of that episode? No. I'll say, buy the box set for yourself and discover it. Well, I noticed that Tiamat the Dragon is nearby, and I'm going to have to jump on her and go on my own quest. But I'll join you yet again on another Anton Knows.